Welcome to episode six of season two of the Simplify and Multiply show. And in this episode, I'm actually going to be interviewing the lively and colorful and very smart Phil Gerbyshek. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. I'm so excited that I get to talk to Phil Gerbyshack today because um, he just, he's so full of life. And when I met him back in 2016 at the Central Florida uh, chapter meeting of NSA, which is the National Speakers Association, I mean, I hit it off right away with Phil because he just had a big personality and was so welcoming and embracing. By the way, he gives the best hugs. (laughs) So if you need a good hug for whatever reason, call Phil up because he is the best hugger. Anyway, um, so Phil and I hit it off because we're both kind of geeks. You know, we're both into social media and all that stuff and know a lot about marketing. And so I just became a huge Phil fan. And he's a speaker, a sales expert. Um, He's a corporate sales trainer and a small business coach. And he also helps people with their branding and their marketing. I mean, there is not one thing that this guy can't do. He's just, he is a Swiss army knife. And he's done a beautiful job uh, branding himself and just kind of like permeating the social airwaves, if you will, and really expressing his position and his opinion about marketing, about business. And he has so much to offer and he's so real and so raw. And I'm I'm just so excited about the opportunity that I had to talk with him. So in this particular interview, Uh, Because this is the season where I want to focus on, you know, how do we manage and deal with the fears and unknowns in in business? And as as you know, being a solopreneur, we deal with fear and unknowns every day. I mean, most business owners do. So we do our best to mitigate that and deal with that. And one of the things that solos also Um, struggle with is the success in the longevity of their business. So a lot of people get into uh, business for very different reasons, right? Solopreneurs, you know, it can be either something they're just fulfilling a lifelong passion, or they're, um, you know, maybe they got laid off of their corporate job, or whatever the case may be, that solo is out there doing their own thing. And that can be really scary. So in this interview, Phil shares his story about how he got started, as well as a really exciting opportunity that has come up that he actually just announced to me yesterday. (laughs) And excuse me, I was so excited to hear about it. And he actually tells uh, the, you know, the whole unfolding of this opportunity on the on the interview. So I'm anxious to, to hear what you guys think about it. But anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and let us get into the interview because it's so good. And he has tons of pearls of wisdom in it. And don't forget to check out the show notes uh, to get information about how to connect with Phil because he is someone that you definitely need to have in your network. 
I am so happy that you are here. Welcome, Phil Gerbyshack, to the Simplify and Multiply show. Yay. Awesome. Well, last week I was on the Complicate and Divide show, so it's really nice <laughs> to be on this one. <laughs> oh my God. This is, we're going to get carried away with this. I have a feeling. Probably. So, listener, I do apologize in advance if this interview gets a little crazy, but Phil and I are great friends and he has so many wonderful things that he's going to share. And I'm just going to go ahead, Phil, and ask you to just so our listener who may not know about you, just talk about um, how you got started in this in your solo business and the journey that's taken you to today, because uh, you and I talked before this and you said that you've got some exciting new opportunities coming along. And I just want in the context of this season's, you know, dealing with fear and unknowns in business, I think that this can be really powerful for our listener. Sure, sure. So, so let's rewind. Actually, let's rewind almost fifteen years because I think it's important. Um, the internet kind of became really real for me about two thousand four, two thousand five, when Google bought Blogspot and blogs became free. I feel strongly that that really democratized the opportunity for everybody to have a website. When I got in 10 years before that, it was $100 a year to even have a domain name. It was $50 or $200 a month to have like five or 10 megabytes of space. Then Google comes along and says, all free, really crazy. And software that you could use basically to rewrite your website every day. That's what a blog did, adding an article. So crazy stuff anyway. So that was like 2004, 2005. Social media kind of got introduced about 2006, 2007, played on Twitter, played on LinkedIn. And then in 2008, I'd spoken at conferences, done some trainings and stuff, and was working with some of my financial advisors. And I was really well known, actually, as a leadership and management uh, blogger. I had a blog called Slacker Manager. We had a half a million hits a month. Wow. It was pretty cool. Um, so in 2008, I gave my two-year notice in corporate, and I, I left in 2010. And I thought I was going to be a management consultant. I really did. That's what I thought my calling was. That was my blog. I was a leader in IT. I knew business really well. But on the side, I taught a little bit of LinkedIn stuff, taught my advisors how to leverage that. And so in 2010, I'm kind of management consulting. And then the rug got oof, like ripped out from underneath me because the company that I was with, the CIO, questionable if he got fired or left, right? My boss, who was senior director, she retired. I was gone. Everybody that was there that I counted on that would have been my champion was gone. So wow. they basically said, yeah, well, there's no work for you to do. So you should leave. That's kind of what happened to me at Marriott. Yeah. 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 So it sucked. It sucked. And uh, so I tried to management consult. And I'll, I'll tell you, Terry, I don't think besides that job, I ever got hired as a management consultant. Mm. I take it back. No, I, I take it back. I did have one one organization that hired me for that, but they didn't purposely hire me for management consulting. They actually hired me because I knew social and digital. Interesting. And then that we moved into that because I ended up rebuilding the sales team for them because once you realize that not only did I know social and digital, but I knew people. Mm. Oh, now we see a connection here. Now we see that this is opportunity, right? So it's great to know tech. It's great to know marketing. It's great to know sales. But if you don't know people, opportunities don't come. So 2010, right? So I'm doing stuff, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and then like 2012, it, it became really clear that I need to kind of push my chips into the into the center of the ring for sales and marketing uh, digitally. And so that made a lot of sense. I did that. Um, and then in 2014, I had 
<clears throat> an organization that I was trying to partner with to deliver their sales training for uh, to their customers that that came to me and said, hey, um, would you be interested in working for us and do sales training for our customers, but just we'll bring you inside and we'll pay you every two weeks. So, ooh, security, stability. Mm. Yay, I can get a paycheck every two weeks and do exactly what I want to do. And they promised me the world. They promised that uh, I'd be an executive. So I'd have a seat at the table so I could help set the direction of the product. They promised me that I would be traveling. Um, not so much because I wanted to, though certainly I did, but because the job required me to get out from behind the screen and go talk to the chief information security officer of Merrill Lynch or BNP Paribas or UBS or insert Wall Street firm here. Okay, I love that stuff. That's really where my gifting, again, is in people. Having conversation with them, getting in front of them, not so much prepared presentations, though I'm certainly good at that, but really in the conversation and the connection with the people. So like a year and a year and a half in after five different bosses that I worked for, that they changed my job five times. The last straw was the CFO sends an email to my boss that says, Phil's travel. Eric, Phil seems to like to travel. Please make him stop. Tim, CFO. So wow. my boss, so my boss, yeah. So my boss sends that to me and says, FYI. So I reply to that with F you. Oh, Phil. And he's like, what What do you mean? I'm like, dude, this is it. If this is legit, if the goal is for me not to travel, for me not to speak, for me not to train, for me not to be out in front of our customers, to sit at my desk all day long and push paper, I quit. He goes, but you got a $20,000 bonus coming up in like three weeks. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I'm done. I can't do this oh, anymore. So yeah. I quit. And then I, then I had to kick in the turbo jets and I'll tell you, I was scared. You know, I had a little bit of money saved, but not very much. Yeah. But I just knew that, you know, if you're going to lie to me about that, if you're going to hold me back like that, I'd rather go work it. I'd go rather go do anything else because integrity is a big thing for me. It's really all I got. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do my best to do it. Sometimes I feel I'm human. Right. But I, and I worry about that. Of course, you know, I worry that I'm, you know, that I, do stuff I shouldn't do, but the, at the heart of it, the heart is, is really that integrity of trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. And so I did that 15, 16, 17. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the big pivot, you want to talk about that or you want to, you want yeah, to, more? yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you and I met in 2016 yep. through the NSA central Florida chapter mm -hmm. and, uh, we've been pals ever since. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of training. Actually, um, last year, 2018 was my best year on the books, like nice. not even close. And this year, 19 is is on pace uh, to do the same. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, which makes what I'm about to share even more unusual. Drum roll. I need I, to have like a dramatic drum roll yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, something. I mean, but it's weird, right? So, so I'm, you know, I'm teaching LinkedIn. I've got you know, clients, I'm, I mean, there are clients that I've had to turn away. I've been really blessed. It's been really, you know, the hard work is starting to pay off. And I teach a lot of LinkedIn. Well, I get this in mail totally out of the blue from this uh, uh, staffing agency. Hey, would you like to talk to us about this sales train, director of sales training? I'm like, well, they clearly don't have a sales trainer. So if nothing else, I could go train their sales team because that's what I do. Sure. Let's hear about the company. 
So she tells me about the company. I'm like, wow, okay. So you serve those that are closest to my heart. You serve the military. You serve teachers. You serve firefighters, first responders. I was in the military. I have teachers in my family. Um, Teachers are the people that shaped me to who I am. Okay. That's an interesting mission. That's pretty cool. Okay. It's almost like it was created just for you, huh? Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Um, Yeah. So I think so. I I really do. Um, Even though they might not have known that, Mm -hmm. uh, everything that they've said, um, it's going to be a lot of travel. It's going to be a lot of training. And then, and ready for this, it's going to be leading people. So I'm going to be management consulting and sales training and making a difference in an organization that makes a difference in the lives of so many who serve. And it just humbles me to think that because of how I showed up on LinkedIn and how I've shown up on video and how I've shown up on my blog and my own podcast and other things and other people's podcasts, all the work I've built the last 15 years is starting to bear fruit and it is it's humbling it's it's really humbling because some days i'm like what am i doing here i mean really i had time about two years ago terry i had 40 cents in the bank mm. and i was scared for my life yeah it's like what am what am i gonna do like what am, I, I didn't even have any prospects in the pipeline mm. i had nothing i have 40 cents in the bank rent is due in 10 days gotten you know Grew up dirt poor. My mom made a buck sixty-one an hour. My dad was a dairy farmer. Never to this day has ever filed a positive tax return. Um, I grew up in a town where, like, tw- the 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 school custodian was one of the wealthiest people in town because he had five or six cars. And I'm talking jalopies. I'm not talking like <laughs> new cars. I'm talking like he had you know twenty-year-old cars, but he had cars, and he'd made some smart investments. Mm-hmm. And now to think that I'm going to be the VP of sales training at a $300 million organization and help those who serve. <sighs> yeah. It's like this job was made for me. And I, yeah. I'm, and it, what I love about this conversation is this is going on right now. So like this, I mean, Phil listener, <laughs> Yeah, he called me yesterday and said, Hey, I've got some news for you. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be so great on the show. Yeah. And so I, I told Phil when we talked how excited I was for him and it's interesting because, you know, Phil, one of the things that that and the reasons why I created this show was because I hear many solopreneurs, uh, you know, they they miss the opportunity of companionship, camaraderie with peer professionals who own their own business. And when you're in, and I can totally relate to this because I came out of corporate as well. And when you're in a corporate environment, whether you're working for a family business or a, a mega corporation with its Cube City you still have a lot of people around you and human beings are social beings and we need that social input. We need that uh, stimulation, that, that interaction, that challenge, that creative energy that flows when you're interacting with people and having those relationships. And, you know, part of me is, I mean, I'm obviously very excited for you and totally supportive in this decision, but if there's a solopreneur out there who's, 
you know, maybe facing some fears and unknowns in their business. You know, their pipeline might be a little slow. They may be looking at some bills. They may be afraid to invest in their business to get it to the next level, or they may be so overwhelmed with work, they don't really know what to do next. And they think, what am I doing here? Why am I killing myself in my own business when I can go kind of do what you did and, and find a really great opportunity? And I really think that that's, that's a personal choice for everyone. But honest, honestly, if I had a great opportunity in front of me, I would be very hard pressed to take it because I love what I do so much. And I deal with fears and unknowns in my business every day. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's true. And, and I can tell you right up until probably the day before I signed the offer letter, I certainly had fear. Like first, this is a big opportunity. Like this is massive. Um, in three to five, you know, in three to five years, let's, let's say that I stay that's a big change. Mm -hmm. Will I be able to, you know, will I want to jump back out? I'll be 50 then in five years. That's a change. Um, what if I don't fit in? That's a fear for sure. Right. Um, I'm my personal brand is really big and bold and kind of wacky. That doesn't fit with everybody for sure. Like I, I can tell you that I, I know that I've uh, likely repelled as many clients as I've attracted based on my personal brand and the fact that, you know, if you watch, if you watch my videos, I mean, this is, it's funny. This is probably the calmest I've been. Um, but I'm like freaking out there. My, I mean, I, I have strong energy and I think that that scares people in mm -hmm. some points. And, and frankly, I mean, it scares me because I, I still have some fears about this job. I mean, they told me kind of what I want to hear before. Yeah. At this last place. And I even told my, potential boss that, right? I said, hmm, this is a concern of mine. Yeah. I'm glad you, is, meant you brought it up. Yep. Yeah, me too. So the good news is he said, okay, so who do you need to meet to overcome that fear? So the first thing I asked him is, so, uh, because one of my, one, one of the things that happened to me was within nine months at the last or six months at the old place, um, my boss, my champion left. And they decided that directors were not executives. So not only did they take my boss and my champion away, they also removed me from the executive team. So now not only do I not have a champion, I also have no say hmm. in my future. So that was really, really, that was a big deal. So I said, you know, I want to talk to the CEO. I want to talk to all the VPs that I would be serving. I want to talk to people that are in charge of the culture here to talk about what it's really like. I read every Glassdoor review. I went and Googled the CEO, my boss, um, as many people as I could to read about them. Not because I was looking for five stars, but because I was looking for what in common is, is the complaint? Mm -hmm. And can I deal with that? So for me, I looked and I saw they're in, in constant merger and acquisition mode. Mm -hmm. which means they're, we're going to hustle our faces off. Well, and there's also volatility and mm -hmm. the potential for change, which right. could impact you in a way. But this is the thing about working for whether you've got a client, like I had one of my longest standing clients this year say, okay, we're going to bring things inside. And I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, even as a solopreneur, you don't have control 
over your what your clients are going to do. I mean, you can manage them as best to, you know, so they stay as long as possible. Uh, and the same thing goes with with any kind of J-O-B where you're you really are at the mercy of the employer. Yeah. Well, you, you, you don't know. You're, you're always at the mercy of somebody. Mm-hmm. You're at the mercy of a client. You're at the mercy of the employer. You're at, you know, sometimes mercy of your spouse, right? Your significant other, for mm-hmm. sure. So accepting that, you got to mitigate risk. Right. So for me, okay, so I want more vacation because I want to still go get some speaking gigs. I want to, I don't want to lose my edge. I want to still do some speaking engagements. And so we well, built that's, that that's what I was going to, you know, kind of entree into. It's like, we yeah. got to keep your personal brand alive because too many people are just enjoying you on a regular basis. We got to keep that going. It's almost like this company hired a, a Hollywood star and you have your kind of like Hollywood star status and you're bringing all that value into the organization and you're going to have to somehow make that work in the organization. But yet you still want to serve the fans that you have had from your Hollywood life. Mm-hmm. And that's very much how I see it. And, you know, I don't want you to stop delivering the value that you're delivering and the way you're delivering it. And I know you're, there's going to be an adjustment because of your your commitment to this new opportunity. Yeah. So what well, p- part of the ask was, you know, I still want a podcast. I'm still going to write books and I'm still going to speak. That was, Excellent. those are important to me. Yay. <laughs> yeah. T- well, I totally agree. Right. So that's really, that is important to me. The good news is I'm pretty asynchronous. Like I'm strong at nine in the morning. I'm strong at five at night. Like I don't care. That's fine with me. Um, so super, super cool that way. Uh, they support it so much. My office is going to be uh, my sales studio. So we're painting, we're getting a green screen on the wall. And I'll be able to shoot video there. And That's then eventually, great. you know, and it'll be better. But I asked for that up front. Yeah. These are things that, I, that you know, these are things that were part of my ask. You know, how much vacation do I get? Like initially, we've it'd been great if I could have gotten two months of vacation. But four weeks, 20 days is a lot of vacation. Especially when they support the fact that I've already got stuff on the books. When they already get the fact that, you know, I'm already going to be doing stuff. Um, That's fantastic. So, that's mega support. You gotta you you have to negotiate that up front, you know, because after it's it's too late. After yeah. you after you walk in the door, it's like, yeah, no, we're not gonna do that. You mm-hmm. know, so it's clear that you have to get that up front. Um, and then I, I would say this: whether you're solopreneur or whether you're going back to corporate, whether you work for clients or not, the key is you have to know what you want. And you have to be clear in the expectation of articulating that. Like, how does that actually show up? So for me, it's time, right? Time is the big equalizer for me. Am I going to work most days, probably seven to seven, just because the freak I am? Absolutely. But that also means some days at 2 p.m., I'm going to record a podcast. That also means some days, if I'm feeling in the groove, I might film a couple videos for my stuff. And then get back to the sales stuff that I'm working on. Now, of course, if there's deadlines, other stuff, right? Job comes first. If we're prioritizing, you know, the employer comes first. But I still have time for me. And that's important to me. I'm not giving them my life. I'm giving them a slice of it. And that's a big deal. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. 
Season two of the Simplify and Multiply show is all about dealing with fears and unknowns in business. And no one knows the reality of staring fear in the face better than a solopreneur. That's why I created a community where solos could gather in a judgment-free safe space that is overflowing with people who are facing similar challenges unique to a solopreneur. We all need to support one another and I can't think of a more positive environment than that of solo professionals growing their businesses. This is why I created the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. If you are a solo, no matter where you are in your business, starting out or leveling up, I invite you to join us in the Peer Club for the support, the community, and the inspiration solo professionals need to thrive. Visit simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up to be part of this very special group. Yeah, and you're giving them a tremendous amount of value. And, you know, I think as I was listening to you just just now, I think that the fact that you have been a solopreneur for, you know, almost a decade, that that gave you the confidence and the understanding of knowing what to actually ask for and negotiate into this deal. So it gave you the best of both worlds. And just because people want to become a solopreneur for whatever reason, whether they get laid off and they kind of do it accidentally, or whether they're very deliberate and say, bye, I'm going to go do my own thing now. It's not a life sentence, meaning they don't have to do it for the rest of their lives, right? You don't have to say, all right, well, I've left corporate or I've left the J-O-B world. Uh, that means it's bad. I don't ever want to go back. It's, it won't serve me. That's not true. I think you're, that's why I really wanted you to share this story because it gives solopreneurs uh, and, and anybody in, in their career the opportunity to expand and grow their career by not only doing something as a solo, but also knowing how much that's going to enrich their value to any organization who does want to hire them down the road, whether it's a contract situation or an FTE. Yeah. Yeah, I think those that's a really good point. So let's talk about branding right first, because I think um, that was one of the things that appealed to them, because we know in the global war for talent, those that are talented, that have a brand that people see and they say, ooh, I want to work with that person, helps their organization win more. That's that, And that's big, right? That's big value there, because um, not that everybody loves me, but the fact that I have a brand says, here's someone that maybe has permission to be himself, which means I get permission to be myself, which means I want to work there. But Phil, okay. here's the thing. You permeate the digital world. No, <laughs> it's not just your brand. I mean, you are everywhere. And that's, you know, the the you've like spiked the opportunities of people to actually get exposed to your work and who you are and what you're about, which obviously the brand, you know, the consistent brand message yeah. uh, supports. But that's really how they found you. I mean, they found you on LinkedIn because of all the great yeah. work that you do. Yeah, right. And and I, and I guess that that's kind of what I mean, right? I don't mean brand like I set up this website and here we are, right? That's not what I mean. But I mean, everything you do contributes to that brand, right? Yes. I'm totally reachable. Every damn channel there is, right? Pick a channel. And that I think the next, when I when I think, because I'm 45, right? I think about the next generation that I've talked to that, I, that sometimes I coach and they, it's really important that they're respected as an individual first 
and as a corporate citizen second, where I think about my parents' generation, where it was really corporate, right? They they wanted the gold watch with the engraving. I got to tell you, if I get one more, ch- you know, if I get a stupid plaque with somebody's, you know, somebody's <laughs> logo on it, I mean, it's just, uh, I shouldn't say that because I, I probably will, right? But I, I mean, really, no, it's not meaning, it's just, it, it's not meaningful yeah. to me, yeah. right? Give me a Movado watch in a great ceremony with a wonderful experience, you don't have to engrave your company logo on the back of it for me to get how important that was. But just giving me a watch is a waste of my time, right? That's the difference. I would say in many ways, I'm more, you know, I'm kind of next, next gen on that, right? I'm more millennial than I am uh, wire. But that, that being said, okay, so we got personal brand, right? That I think that matters to being everywhere, for sure. Um, But the confidence thing, you're absolutely right. Not only that, but my business is strong. I'm not taking this from a position of weakness. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this from a position of strength. Yeah, which makes it even more uh, just critical from the standpoint of the impact that it's having because you're in a power position. And I don't mean like, oh, you're going to be powerful, but like you're coming at it from a place of strength. And so your eyes wide open, you're approaching it not from like giving them more than you feel comfortable with because it's something that you need to uh, be in the right frame of mind to actually do good work for them. Right. Yeah. And 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 that was key. So because um, it's Phil Gerbyshek with the company mm-hmm. and the company with Phil, right? We're simpatico there. Yeah. As I do speaking, right? They're likely, I'll, I'll add their logo to my stuff. But it's not their message. Though certainly, if it weren't aligned, they wouldn't have hired me. Mm. That's the other thing, right? We talk about alignment of clients, alignment of people that work with us, and alignment of an employer or, you know, whatever. It's so important. So I'm not going to do something that I'm not in alignment with. And I think that's, that's, I know, but I know what's my alignment, right? I know where I am. That's different. That isn't everybody. A lot of people, you know, have that. And then the last point I'll make about this, and then you ask me what you want, but it's being willing to pivot mm-hmm. because 20, 2008, 500,000 person blog. What I didn't tell you there was in 2011, they shut our blog down. Oh, how come? Because we were blogging for a network and advertising revenue was Zippo. Interesting. Because it used to be banner ads and sidebars. Right. <laughs> they were so okay. effective, weren't they? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not even a little, you know, but that's the point, right? So in 2010, when I left to be a you know, management consultant in 2011, my sole source of credibility was gone. Yeah. So I was screwed. That was fascinating. I had to pivot. I had to go. I had to go into, at the time I first moved into marketing, then I moved into sales and then I moved into a little bit of tech help. Um, so it ended up kind of being what I'm doing. But if I wasn't, you know, if I couldn't have swallowed my pride and said, no, I'm a management consultant. I am really good. <laughs> that would have been. Phil you. is beating his chest, by the way. Yeah. In case you, you were yeah. wondering. Yeah. You're wondering, where's that sound come from? Right. That echoes. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm being Tarzan. Me, Tarzan. Eugene. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's different. Right. That's the thing. It is very strange to think about how different my life is now than it was 10 years ago, than it was 20 years ago, than it was 40 years ago growing up in a town in 996. And certainly I have my days, Terry, I'm not going to lie, where I have the fear that somebody somewhere is going to realize I'm just a kid from a dairy farmer and a woman who cuts the cheese for a living from a town of 996 people. And what the heck is he doing here? Yeah. 
You know what? Those humble beginnings make us the people we are today and create a, a, a servant attitude. And I love that. And I love that about you too. So let me shift gears for a second, because I, I thank you for sharing all of that about your transition, because I think it's the story is so important for people to hear. Uh, because the audience that I'm speaking to and supporting are people who are solopreneurs. And one of the things that I coach uh, pretty much every client I work with on is their confidence. And what kills confidence is having these unknowns and uncertainties that scare the crap out of people. And so I know you have clients that are, are uh, professional speakers and solo folks that are out there doing their own business. And what are some of the common things that you hear them uh, hesitate with or struggle with uh, in that particular uh, area of fears and unknowns in business? Sure. Uh, well, so first, oh, the tech is going to be hard. That's one that I hear all the time, right? The mm. tech is going to be hard. Right. And while choosing the right tech can be hard, I absolutely agree with that. You aren't going to make a colossal mistake as long as you understand what you're trying to accomplish. So we think about a podcast. I was talking to one of you know one of my friends slash clients today, and he said, "Well, I want to you know I'm gonna start a podcast. I, I got to do all this, this and that, and it's gonna be really hard." I said, "Stop. What are we trying to do?" trying to get 100 episodes before your book launches. Okay, got that. Great. It's going to be hard to schedule. Hold on. Do you know the questions you want to ask them? You want their headshot? You want their bio? You want their intro? What do you need? Yep, those are the things I need. Great. Well, how do they how do they schedule? Okay, so you want them to pick a schedule. So you can be available Tuesdays from 9 to 12 and Thursdays from 3 to 6. And then you can send them a link. And then as far as podcast production, yes. That you should outsource because that's not your get your your thing. But the other stuff, you could have an assistant send it on your behalf, and it would be just fine. Yeah. So like, what I'm hearing, uh, sorry to cut you off, but nope. what I'm hearing is that they just need someone to kind of lay it out and and a guide and a resource because solos very often take things on themselves. They want to do their own stuff because they think, oh, I can't afford to outsource. Or, oh, I can't afford to teach somebody all my stuff. I'll just try to scramble it together. I mean, this is something I encounter every time I take on a new client. They've It's like I have to unravel this mess of stuff they've tried to do on their own. God bless them for trying. And, you know, it, it's, I mean, that's how I started. I started, you know, doing a lot of my stuff on my own. And then I got help because I needed it. I needed yeah. to focus my talents on what I did best and not this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, so, okay, cool. So they get kind of freaked out about the tech and then you settle them down by just kind of giving them step-by-step -step plan. What are some of the other fears they have? Um, so some of, some of the other fears are, you know, nobody's going to listen. That's a big one too, right? So what do you mean? I, so I've got a podcast and nobody's going to listen to it. Hmm. I've got, you know, I'm going to write content and nobody's going to read it. I'm going to be on LinkedIn and nobody's going to see me. Is it like that they're already making the decision about the result before it ever happens? Yeah. Why yeah. do you think people do that? Well, I think they do that because they want to speed things up. They what want to skip mean? a step. So, okay. So LinkedIn, perfect example. LinkedIn, you have to have a good profile. You have to know who you want to talk to. You have to know what content you're going to share. And you got to know who wants to talk to you. 
Okay, so let's throw those frogs in the blender. Now we got a daily thing that we can do every single day. Okay, we can add value first. We can, can we can get off our feet and go talk to people second. We can make new connections third, and then we can go and we can share our content again. Okay, so we can do that every single day. Here's the problem. Where's the sale in there, Terry? It's not. It's not, but it is. Because yeah. if you comment on my stuff and it's a post that's about something that I'm an expert in, I'm going to try to have a conversation with you, sometimes in public, sometimes in private, about this. And when we have a conversation, I'm going to find out not only that you're interested, but why are you interested? So if the answer is you're interested in it because you feel you need this to take your business to the next level and you're my target customer, you are someone that I will then have a sales conversation with. But I'm not going to sell them on social. And the problem is the fear is, well, I, I, nobody's going to know what I do. Okay. And the reality is nobody cares what you do. Yeah, that is the reality for sure. That's reality, right? I mean, we're not plumbers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Plumbers are super useful people. Everybody needs to know a good plumber. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, a sales trainer? Uh, maybe. But not really. What you need is someone who's going to help you get more leads, who's going to help you identify your target audience, who's going to help you with messaging, who's going to help you take that conversation. I, I Again, I had one one today, one of my coaching clients says, so so what do I do when I get on the phone with this guy? Well, here here's how it is, right? Let's say best case, here's your 15-minute talk track. Well, when do I ask for the sale? I said, not on the first call. Mm -hmm. I said, because you've barely scratched the surface of the relationship. The goal is to get to a point where they like you enough where they say, and how can I help you? That's the goal. How can you help me? Fantastic. Well, you know what? This is what I do. And hopefully if I've identified that that's something I need, then I would say, you know what? It might make some sense for us to work together. Because you said, therefore this. But as far as fear goes, right? We Our fear is either A, we're not going to get a sale because we're not going to get that much time with them, which really the truth of that is I don't believe that I have that much value to give them. Therefore, they won't talk to me about one time. I only got one shot, one kill, one conversation. I got to have it right now. And if I don't throw my jelly beans out in the, in the movie theater lobby, I'm never going to get them out. Mm -hmm. When in reality, relationships take time. Yes. And my goal is to get to a point where it's comfortable enough to say, Terry, you said this, and it sounds to me like you need this. Is that right? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's kind of like dating in that I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to make a leap without jumping on you that you're interested. And, and if you tell me you're not, okay, what did I miss? Right. What did I miss? So that the next time this happens or so that we can take a step back to take a step forward in the relationship. So that's a big fear. Uh, other fear, um, other fear is I don't know anybody who does that. Oh, that's too complicated. Oh, um, you know, I, I've been screwed before. That's another big one. So these all sound like, and, and I've heard these as well, and I'm, that's why I'm so glad you're giving oxygen to them. And they all sound like excuses, you know, like these, these fears are being expressed as a way to stop the person from moving forward. So for example, using your, your LinkedIn 
story that you just shared about, you know, someone commenting on your post and then you start an engagement, you know, back and forth and take it from there. What about the people that, uh, and I actually have uh, had a client that had this challenge, ongoing challenge, because the particular business they were in really required them to pick up the phone and basically cold call, uh, which, and introduce themselves because there was a lot of people that were ideal prospects for them, but they had no, they never encountered their social. They never, they just, for some reason, were not getting them. And I believe that selling is, is a mixed bag. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can connect with prospects. And one of them that I still advocate is picking up the freaking phone and giving somebody a call. I've blown more people away by doing that, you know, just kind of out of the blue calling people. But this one particular client of mine really struggled with doing that, with picking up the phone and cold calling a, a person who had no clue who they were. And so they kept putting it off, putting it off, creating lots of busy work, uh, doing other things, you know, just anything they could to avoid doing that. And even with email, it was it was still hard. It was harder with the phone call, but it was harder with the email. So if, if you had a coaching client that was struggling with that, how would you coach them? Do the research on what they do, even if they're personally not on social. So look at what do, what is their position? What are some of those struggles that they have? Cause I, I firmly believe you have to prepare first, right? The, the time for preparation is not when you're on the phone. Yeah. How many times do we get calls and they don't know anything about us or our business? <laughs> hey, would you like to crazy. buy janitorial services for your company? Uh, no, I work from home. Thank you very right. much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm the janitor. So, yeah, I, totally. Chief cook, bottle washer, and janitor. Thank you very much. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. So first, right, so research. Re even if you can't find them, you can maybe find if it's a company, there's probably somebody that's on social. So you can get a little glimpse in. Maybe they write a blog. Maybe they got videos, whatever it is, right? So do some homework. Prepare. Okay, then practice, write your script out and read it out loud a couple of times. Make sure it feels good in your heart. Make sure it sits there in your heart, okay? And then produce, pick up the phone, make it happen. Now, the reason often that we're nervous is A, we don't feel we have enough value. Mm. B, we don't yeah, feel that there's, one. yep, we don't feel that there's a real fit or C, we haven't prepared. And I'm going to add one D, and this was something I struggled with when I started doing this in my business. I didn't want to bother anybody. I felt that oh, yeah. my calling them was an interruption and that I was bothering them, even though I knew in my heart of hearts that I could help them. Like I knew I had value and all that mm -hmm. stuff, but that's, and it's so funny because I remember doing Sandler sales training years ago and they say they, that you sell like you buy. Yeah, and I mean, and I started thinking about like, wow, I said, that makes a lot of sense because I hate shopping. I, I hate going in and, you know, fishing through things. It's like it's it's a bother to me. Yep. And I, you know, plus a lot of other <laughs> psychological conditioning from my childhood that made me that's how I felt every time I went to pick up the phone. I'm like and I had to do a lot of work around that because it always ended up in a positive way, you know, whether I got the client or not, it was still a good call. It was still enriching. And once I got, but it was like everything leading up to literally that, that I would pick up that phone. I'm like, I don't want to do it. It was like, <laughs> you know, my arm got all stiff. And... <laughs> phone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is the new iPhones are much lighter. 
Yes. So it, so they're no longer going to be anchored to your desk. But, <laughs> you know, sure, yeah, you're going to bother. But I, I think the bother comes back from value, right? So because yeah. if you knew in your heart that you had something of value to offer someone, you would want to tell the world, yeah. right? Like if, if you're, you know, again, let's relationally, if you're in love, you want to share that with the world. Mm. If you have great value, you want to share that with the world. And then when you don't, that's the reluctance. That's the challenge. And I can tell you, part of that, as a solo, you need to have a package that you can sell that then you can customize the snot out of. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just give yourself one foundation, one foundation, create one blueprint, create one package, just one, that then you can practice selling that. And it's okay, then to customize if they say, Nope, that's not exactly what I want. Not a problem. Happy to customize what parts what part made sense? What parts do you need? Do, you, do we need to change? Right. No problem. That's like great. You build in customization to your your core Absolutely. core product. Yeah, yep. I know. When I work with clients, I I do like a tiered approach. I have like a a small gateway drug is what I call it as mm -hmm. a, as a product that's yep. still paid for, but it gives them a chance to work with the person, and then they take it to the next step, which is a much bigger engagement. And usually, yep. it's a little easier for them to sell because it's low impact, it's low threshold financially. And they feel more comfortable with it because it's not a huge thing that they've got to figure out. And yeah. so that makes a lot of sense just yeah. to have that organization. And so just to kind of recap, I hear that, you know, with, with the fears and unknowns, it's really good to have a guide. It's good to understand what needs to happen, like get the information about the step-by-step -step process of how you can actually get something accomplished and, and rely on the experts, the people who have been there, the people who know how to do it, that won't force you into a mold, so to speak, but work with you and to your style so you can actually accept what's being given and make it work. And so much of working with people, and I'm sure that you've experienced this with your clients as well, is it's about the mindset that they have around oh, it. Yeah. It's about their attitude and their outlook around it. It's like some people come in, they've made a decision about something before they've ever even tasted it. Yeah. And that's just a, a game killer for people in business. And so um, I, I really see that that's a powerful thing. And then, you know, just taking that, um, you know, that approach of the preparation, like you were saying, and the research and, you know, the 20,000 pound phone and just doing it because it's always going to end up well. I mean, if I could figure out how to do it, and even to this day, I still have pause when I go to reach out to a, uh, a new prospect that I've never spoken with. And I've figured out a lot of cool ways to break the ice because, I mean, you know me, I'm just very friendly and like, yep. I want to have a good time. I don't want to be yeah. all like stiff and everything. And it's so important. But yeah, our fears, you know, get the better of us. So I really appreciate um, everything that you've shared regarding that, as well as your great story and the journey into uh, this new opportunity. Uh, I'm definitely going to have you back um, to talk about what it's like once you've been in it a little while, sure. if that's okay with you. Of course. Absolutely. I'd awesome. be an, I'd be an honor. Happy, happy to share. So yeah, if I can, if I can help, I guess, reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to, happy to share and happy to be vulnerable. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know everything. I've got a lot of questions too, but you know, I've been through some stuff, so happy to help. Well, I think you're offering a really unique perspective that, you know, it's it's not black and white when you're a solopreneur. I mean, 
a lot of solopreneurs even have side hustles, you know, where they're doing their main business and then they've got two or three other things that they're also doing, you know, that for the joy of it, because they have the freedom mm -hmm. and flexibility. And I think that that's one of the best things about being a solo is you have total command and control over the choices you make and what you do to express your passion, uh, your gifts and to help people with what they want. So Phil, I, I could talk for another couple hours about this, but I so appreciate you being on the show and sharing this with us. Any final thoughts? Well, final thoughts is I would say, you know, remember the three P's that I talked about. If you've got some reluctance, if you've got some challenges, right? Prepare, practice and produce. Yeah. If you can think about that, right? You can prep for just about anything. Yeah. You can practice, go through it and then do the work. It's hard work some days. Yeah. And it's worth work worth doing. I mean, if you believe in it, it's work worth doing. And if you don't, then maybe get a coach that'll help you believe in yourself until, you know, help you up level those skills so that you can take things to the next level. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I'm going to actually put that in the show notes. So listener, if if you want to learn more about Phil and follow his his podcast and his videos, all his great stuff he has online, um, he's a fabulous resource and he will still be producing content. He's promised on the show. <laughs> we have it. We have it in perpetuity here that even though he is going to uh, take this new opportunity, which sounds fabulous, he will still be there for us in all types of capacities. So check out the show notes for how you can link up with Phil. Phil, thanks again for being here. It's been fabulous. My pleasure. Thank you, Terry. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.